Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Jenna Harner, and welcome to the final word, the show that invites you, the fans, into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kovacevic. Hey, Jenna, remember when everybody was freaking out that the Pirates didn't sign Brian Reynolds to this super long-term deal? Are we still doing that? Next to him, Steelers reporter Chris Carter. Jenna, I got to give a shout out to the great William Penn Tavern. Everyone, it's the last day in Shadyside tomorrow, but they're opening back up in Lawrenceville on Thursday. Y'all better get there. Those wings, oh my goodness. They're the best. And from also from DKFitzRetorts.com, our friend Dale Lolly. The Pirates continue to find new and interesting ways to lose games. <laughs> oh, man. Fascinating. Really? They can't stop. I was waiting for that one. We were waiting. Some of the topics we will be talking about tonight. The Steelers' new chain of command. Deontay Johnson's absence from organized team activities. The first impressions of the quarterback battle with all of the QBs here. And the Penguins, how do they keep up with the teams playing for a conference championship? But first, the night's big topic, the hiring of Omar Khan as the Steelers general manager. Omar Khan says he doesn't expect a lot to change. How will that either benefit or hurt the Steelers, Dan? Well, I think it's more a benefit than anything else. I mean, you know, I was over there covering his, his press conference. I know you guys were over there as well. And you could just feel that nothing had changed. You know what I mean? Like the same people stood in the same part of the room at the same time. Omar comes up there saying, you're not going to negotiate contracts in season. Uh, we're going to do this. He's promoting Dan Colbert, Kevin Colbert's son. Uh, all the Steelers were looking for, our, all that Art Rooney was looking for in this transition was no transition at all. I mean, and I, I give them credit. They went and they, they interviewed 16 people, six finalists. They ended up getting the guy right down the hall, but they probably got the right guy for what it is that they're looking for. Chris, your thoughts? I mean, Omar Khan's been there for 21 years. He literally, the, the year before was Kevin Colbert's first season. So if you're talking about a, a different direction, he's going to respect the guy that he worked next to and he said he was extremely close to for the last two decades plus. And, and I think if, Steelers, if you're a Steelers fan, this is a good thing. Steelers management has been great. It's been fine. And sure, there have been missteps. There have been bad draft picks. Every organization has them. But for the, for the most part, the Steelers have remained competitive. Their management has continued to put talent mm -hmm. onto the field. And if Omar Khan, hey, if you think, oh, he's just a numbers guru, he said, hey, I have strengths and I have weaknesses, but I've also been around this game for more well, than two decades. he said that. Exactly. We'll see. Exactly. We'll see. And you, you, you noticed, you guys, mm -hmm. when, when I asked him about that, he was kind of like, eh. 
you know, everyone thinks of him as the cap guy. He doesn't want to accept that. Yeah, I mean, Dale, is he just the cap guy? Uh, he is and he isn't. I mean, he's the guy that, that, that has handled that, and that's going to be the main focus of his job. But he's also going to, as the general manager, oversee the scouting department and do things of that nature. But they also brought Andy Weidel in uh, to handle a lot of the scouting things, uh, as, as well as elevating Dan Colbert and, and making some other moves there in the, in the scouting department. So there are some new voices in the room, but it's going to be the Steelers' way. The Steelers' general manager is Art Rooney the second. <laughs> that's who that's who's in charge because everything goes through him. That was never going to change. It and was the same with Dan and it's going to it's going to be the same and continue to be that. And Omar Khan did say too, he does have some new ideas, some fresh ideas. Obviously, he wasn't going to share them with us, but he does want to implement them. So it will be intriguing to see what those are uh, in the coming years here. A little reminder, you can keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the Steelers' chain of command and its impact on operations. Omar Khan at the top, Andy Weidel, Sheldon White, and Dan Colbert on the staff. Day in your five words. Uh, we should talk about Andy Weidel, I, I think, because if you look at, at, at Weidel's background with the Eagles, he was the guy who was the football guy. He was the guy that was making the hardcore football evaluations, not just at the amateur level, but also in the pros. That's the guy that's going to have to be your the guy who walks onto a campus and sees Lamar Woodley playing a different position and says, we want him because we see him as being able to fit into the sealer system even if we move him to a different position. The same way you'd be looking at T.J. Watt. That's going to be, I think, your most important person in management because it comes down to football evaluations. Let's go to some tweets from Joey Bag of Donuts. Tomlin will have more power. Also from Twitter, nothing drastically changes in-house. And finally, as well from Twitter, Khan will help us move. Chris, your five words. Same direction, do strengths change? That's one question that I have, is that Omar Khan is going to keep the Steelers' ship in the, in the same direction. He, and like we've just said, he, he, this guy worked with Kevin Colbert. He doesn't want to change the entire organization and how everything that they function. But with Sheldon White and Andy Weidel, you look at those two guys added to the mix, you have to ask, the Steelers have been great at drafting wide receivers. Everyone's talked about their, ability, their inability to draft cornerbacks that become superstars on their team, whereas they get all these other talents. The question is going to become, do their strengths in drafting and, and, and scouting change? That'll be seen over time. Maybe, maybe not, but that's one of the things we'll have to wait, wait and mm -hmm. see. Dale, your five words? Change without making a change. Uh, you know, when Omar Khan talks about we're not going to, uh, you know, uh, negotiate during the season and things of that nature, those are Steeler philosophies. And that's why, again, Art Rooney II is in charge of the team. And they don't make any move without Art Rooney II making that move, giving, giving his okay of it. So nothing is going to change philosophically from the organizational standpoint in regards to that. Now, to Dayon's point, you did bring in some new guys, some new evaluators of talent. That changes things. But I'll say this. They've only had four people in that job, in what used to be the director of football operations, in the last 40 years, people talk about the coaching situation there, but it's been Dick Haley to Tom Donahoe to Kevin Colbert and now Omar Khan. There's not a lot of turnover there. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the reality. Yeah. Well, the Steelers OTAs resume on Tuesday this week. They've been going on, though, without a few players. One of them, Deontay Johnson. Is his no-show for OTAs a big deal? From Twitter, most years no, this year yes, with all the changes. The panel debates it next on The Final Word.
This is the final word. Welcome back to the final word. I'm Jenna Harner with Dane Kovacevic, Chris Carter, and Dale Lolly. Sticking with the Steelers, Deontay Johnson missing at OTAs. How big of a deal is this? Dale, we'll start with you. Uh, not a big deal at all because if people actually watched, if they were there to see what happens at OTAs, they would realize it's not a big deal at all. You know who else never went to OTAs? It was Troy Polamalu. Who's Ever. that? <laughs> Ever. He went in 2012 because Mike Tomlin asked him to, and that was noteworthy because that was like the first year that he ever did it. OTA sessions didn't even exist 15, 20 years ago. These are just a chance for the team to get these guys on the field and have them work out in, in a place so they can, pay, they can pay the bonus money and things of that nature. Um, it, it, people make way too big of a deal out of OTA sessions. They're not all that. Uh, you'll get to work in when, when you have to be there, and, and he doesn't have to be there until they get to minicamp in two weeks. Well, from Facebook, Mark says no because he will play and play out of his mind if he wants a big contract. Dayan. Oh, I mean, I'd like to see him play out of his mind for an entire season once, and I know this is not a particularly popular stance here, but I've seen the Deontay Johnson fade now two years in a row. I want to see him complete a season. Uh, this is a big year. Now, I'm with Dale, we've watched OTAs, all four of us. There's not much to be gained over yeah. there. However, let's say here, and this is only a hypothetical, that he's not at minicamp. Now it gets into the whole message sending. Uh, well, if he's not at minicamp, then they can find him. They right. Yeah. Find he's, him. Right. he's not a kid. They, In fact, they have to find him. Right. right. They're contractually obligated to find him. So he and will it be becomes there an issue. at minicamp. Right. He will and be there for, for training camp. Right. That's I, not going to happen. We'll see. He wouldn't be the first guy to. If he's trying to send it's some kind of message $40,000 a day. Yeah, mandatory. versus this and that over and an extension. As a third-round draft pick, too. All I'm yeah. saying is, is he's, in, he's in a contract year, and if he's trying to send some kind of message that, hey, look, everyone's talking about Minka Fitzpatrick getting paid, I should get paid, too, then it's a little bit of a different realm here. But where it is right now, no, Jenna, not a big deal. Chris, big deal right now or no? Not at all. I mean, when, when, we, when we asked Mike Tomlin about Stephon Tewitt, he said it's voluntary. Like, he, he, like he emphasized that. And that's about Stephon Tewitt, who we haven't seen play for over a year. So, you look at Deontay Johnson. Look, this guy had the 10th most receiving yards last year, the 6th most receptions, the 10th most first downs by any wide receiver. And all those drops down the stretch. Well, I'm tired again, of hearing again, that he's okay. a number one wide receiver. He's not. Not until he does it the whole way through. Well, he was the Steelers' number one wide receiver. And despite having okay. the most limited version of Ben Roth, Burger that we've ever seen, he still had the 10th most receiving yards in the NFL. I think there's something to be said for that. Yes, he does need to improve. And here's my thing. The Steelers have no pressure to pay this guy until he proves that he can be that complete number one wide receiver this year. And if he doesn't, oh, well, you got George Pickens, Chase Claypool, yes. Calvin Austin. Let's so there's see no, him. There's no pressure on them. But at the same time, I I, I, he, there's no pressure on him right now. Just show up for minicamp and training camp and, and prove that you are the man. Well, we'll stay on the south side with the Steelers. The first week of OTAs with just about everyone there is in the books. What are your first impressions of the quarterback competition, Chris? I will say Mason Rudolph showing uh, show, it's shown he's still like, hey, like this is the offense that I've played in. You know, I, I do. I did. I had the benefit of working with Matt Canada the last two years. There is an advantage there. But Mitch Trubisky, I think I love his professionalism. I love the way that he's coming and he's talking about being leader and saying the right things, but not doing it in an overly cocky way to say like, hey, you know what? This is my show. He's like, you know what? No, I'm here to compete. I'm here to earn my spot. I don't care if you drafted Kenny Pickett. I don't care about the guy who's been here for four years. I'm here to prove who I'm going to be. I think that it's very impressive to see this, and I think it's going to be an open competition, but I still predict Mitch Trubisky to win it for this year. 
from Facebook. Gerard says, in can we trust? Dale. Yeah, that may be the long-term solution, but it's not the short-term one. Mitch right. Trubisky's going to be the starting quarterback of the right. Pittsburgh Steelers this year. That's the plan. Uh, it's football in shorts right now, folks. There, you know, there is some seven-on-seven seven and some even a little bit of eleven-on-eleven. 11, but it's this is all about learning for those quarterbacks. At least two of them, uh, actually three of the four, they're learning this offense. They're getting a little bit of you know ingrained in the in the Matt Canada system. Um, I, I, I do like the way that they carry themselves. I like the way that they've they've ingratiated themselves with their teammates. You have to do that. You have to have the trust of your teammates, and they seem to be well on their way of do, to doing that as well. So, I, I mean, it, it, thus far everything's been great. We'll see. You know three months when they when they start playing games uh, for real or at least semi real in the preseason day in your first impressions of the agreeing with absolutely everything that's been said in this segment so far I feel like adding this because you know again OTAs and OTA drills are so soft but like Dale said there is seven on seven there is 11 on 11 one thing that I noticed about Kenny Pickett there and this is not necessarily a criticism and this isn't the portion by the way that we're allowed to report on is he's hanging on to that ball a long time. And when you watch the difference between him and Mason Rudolph and, and Mitch Trubisky, they're just, get it, snap, throw. And Pickett's doing like the running to the left and hanging on. And, oh, here, there's Zach Gentry 30 yards down the field. And uh, his pit buddies are on the sideline going, woo, and everything. There is a transition to be had here, and he does have to make it. It's going to take time. Well, let's jump it back into hockey here. Brian Rust is back. Ron Hextall this week saying he also wants to bring Latang and Malkin back. Dane, what do the Penguins need to do to keep up with the teams that are in the conference finals right now? The Colorados, the Edmontons, Tampa Bay, and either Carolina or the Rangers here. Well, the first thing they need to do is get those guys back because if they don't have Malkin, they don't have a number two center. Right. And if they don't have Latang, they don't have a number one defenseman. Uh, this is not about sap and sentimentality. This is about practicality. If to, for them to go get comparable players would cost way more than what they'd be paying either of those two guys. Jenna, this is going to sound like excuse making, but the number one thing that they need to keep pace with those teams you just mentioned is to not keep getting hurt all the time and have all your guys and all your goalies go down. That's the big thing here. From Facebook, Greg says emphatically, get younger, say goodbye to Kapanen, Marino, Pedersen, Jeff Carter signing was bad. Chris Carter, what say you? I mean, it's along the lines of, yeah, you need the guys, like Dan was saying, you need the guys who are talented and the guys who have been part of your system. Now, we didn't know if they'd be able to keep those guys. We were talking about that as soon as the se as all the entire season, basically. Is this the last run for, for Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and, and Chris Letang as a trio? If they could bring them back, great, but I do agree. They do need younger, faster guys to help team up with these guys to keep things going. But if they don't have that core together, there's not that engine that you can build around. So if you want to be competitive now, that is what you got to do. If the, to answer that question, the question that we're really I think is, can they get do get bring these guys back and find the additional talent? That's the real challenge. Dale, what do the Pens need to do to kind of keep pace here? I, I'm of the belief that they don't need to re-sign Malkin and Latang because you need to get not only younger but faster. And you know if that's signing players who are a little lesser in, in talent, so be it because you need to get younger and faster. If you, if, if you take that money and buy two or three young, fast players, uh, even four players, that you would have spent that money on Latang and, and Malkin on, it, it just, it, they can't compete at the level that they, uh, that they need to in the playoffs because they're just not as fast as everybody else. And to Dayon's point about health, 
Mm-hmm. Older players get hurt more. This is fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, when this we come fair. back, we are going around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. This is the final word. Time now for the final word. Everyone gets a chance. Dale, you're up first. Well, thank you, Jenna. You know, Friday night I had the honor of of being the commencement speaker at my high school, North Clarion uh, High School up in Clarion County. And my my basic message was, the one thing that I love the most about sports is that it allows us the opportunity to fail. And the reason I love that is because failure reveals character. Uh, You're going to fail in life, as I told the students. It's how you pick yourself up and move on from those failures that determines what what kind of success you're going to have because we all have to deal with them at one point or the other. Uh, So I just wanted to make that message, send that message out to any graduates who are listening or watching today. um, Be ready for failure because it's gonna happen, but pick yourself up, dust yourself off and move on. What a great message, I love that. Chris, your final word. Everyone's looking for- Or Dan, I'm sorry. (laughs) Switching it up here. That's all right. Failure happens, right? If- if, (laughs) if, There we go, yeah, this is how you respond. If failure indeed reveals character, then we're about to see the very best out of Brian Reynolds, and and I believe that we will. However, he's batting 213. He's now in a distinct pattern of being great one year, terrible the next, Mm -hmm. great one year, and now this. Uh, I had a good long talk with him this week at PNC Park. He thinks he's coming around, but then you see those four at-bats he had today in San Diego. Uh, The Pirates need him, not for this year. They really need him, like for the long term. Chris, now your final word. I will say everyone's looking forward to seeing certain guys for the first time at Steelers OTAs. Well, one guy that I think is not a player on the field, it's a coach, Brian Flores. And we're seeing him get to work with not just the linebackers, but a lot of the defensive players. And you're going to see him, a guy who was a head coach, who understood how to bring the micro to the macro, working at the micro level, working on technique and working in definition. That's going to be a major story for the Steelers, and it's fun to watch so far. Well, I know you all come here for an escape. It's something the sports world has an innate way of doing, but we can't escape the fact that this week in Uvalde, Texas, 19 students and two teachers went to school and will never come home. Grieving parents and families whose lives are forever turned upside down will spend the coming weeks burying their children and their loved ones. This cannot, cannot keep happening. Something has to change. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Have a great night.